Welcome to the Connection Church online service. We are so glad that you are here and joining with us today. We have been praying that God will impact your life and break through in the areas where you have been praying, where you have been seeking him for direction. You are loved and cherished. And as your family, we welcome you here today. As you continue to listen, if you are listening live, I invite you to comment online. There's an online pastor waiting to connect with you and pray with you. If you are listening after the fact on YouTube or through our online um, messages, I invite you, join us anytime through our live hosted service at 9 a.m. You can find us at theconnectionoc.church.online. Also, we would love for you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. here in Lake Forest. Well, today we're going to be continuing in our series called The Core of Character, where we are looking at the core attributes of who God is. He says that we are made in His image. So if we are made in His image, we want to put on His character attributes, that we allow those character attributes to be the ones that are reflective in our lives, that we become like Him. How have things been going over the past couple of weeks? Have you been allowing God to form you and reshape your ca character to reflect His? It really is an interesting thing when we allow God to form us in His image instead of pursuing the things that we want or we pull back and say, God, have your way. How about this past week? Did you find opportunities where God was leading you to serve others, to, to serve selflessly, calling you to put other people's needs before your own? This is a challenge that each one of us has to embrace, to live like Jesus. And as we continue to invite God into our lives, inviting him to be the one who purges out the areas of our character that cover up his image, we see ourselves decrease so that he can increase. As Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It is a daily choice to pursue Jesus. So day by day, we begin to see less of us, and year by year, we see more of God in our lives. You know, when we look at the Bible, the nation of Israel was God's people, and we see them going back and forth between trusting God, yet fighting the human factor that we all possess. We see that they wanted to pursue God with their whole hearts, but they often fell back into their own sinful nature, and so as we are going to open the Bible and study God's word today, be reassured that the things that you are facing are nothing new. But God in his word has laid out some stories for us to be able to press in and see how he wants us to trust him in new and fresh ways, maybe in some old ways in your life. But the things that you are facing, he is not unaware of. And he wants to bring you to a place of breakthrough to a place where you can trust him in all things, even in the challenging moments. So today, would you turn with me in your Bible to Joshua chapter 3. We're going to look at the nation of Israel, right as they're entering into the promised land. Let's begin. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wondrous, wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. 
The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Ammonites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over you, before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests, bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from, the, from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the sea in the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until the nation finished passing over the Jordan. After 40 years of living in the desert, the Israelites had left the bondage of slavery and the wilderness behind. They moved towards the promised land. They captured Jericho, and they were moving towards the land of Canaan. But what lay between where they were now and what lay ahead with the promised land was the Jordan River, and they had to cross it. And we see here in this story that God yet again did the miraculous by causing water to part. When Moses led the, the same group, the Israelites, out of Egypt. They crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground as water was amassed at a different location that it was able to separate. And the Israelites crossed through. Then they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Then as that generation died off, Joshua was leading the people into Canaan, into the Promised Land. But they had to cross yet another river. They had to cross through the Jordan River. Now, as it said in the flood times, that the banks would be overflowed with water, probably about 100 feet of water, that there was a lot of water that they had to cross. We're not talking a little stream they had to make it through. But they had to cross through. And God yet again did the miraculous for his people. But let's look back again at the beginning of the story. The beginning, verse 5, begins with Joshua saying, in preparation, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow God will do something. See, there is a preparation and a consecration that takes place before the breakthrough. Think about Jesus' life. Jesus, before he died, he was prepared for burial. 
when Jesus was dining in Bethlehem, a woman came up to him with the alabaster jar. And mixed with between her tears and the jar of oil, Jesus' feet and his body were anointed and prepared for burial. We are called to consecrate ourselves because there is something in the preparation before the breakthrough. Romans 12.1, it defines it well for us. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. See, our, we are called to present our bodies as living sacrifices, our very selves, prepared and ready to be accepted to, by God. Do we present our lives to God in a daily manner? See, God so loved the world, God so loved you, that he sent his only son, so that you can prepare yourself to bring all of yourself into his presence again. But you have to choose to receive the love and the redemption that comes through the sacrifice Jesus brought when he died on the cross. See, God so loved the world that Jesus came and gave up of his life so that the things that you are facing, the brokenness, the sinfulness, the guilt, the shame that you carry can be taken away. And Jesus can remove that from our lives. But we have to choose to receive it and give all of ourselves back to God. Do we live in a way that is honorable and acceptable to God? Not how we want to live, but in a way that brings him glory, in a way that puts him at the forefront. See, God's breakthrough is on the horizon, but are we looking for it? Are we preparing for it? He says to us, prepare yourselves, consecrate yourselves. What future event does God have on your horizon? See, he's at work in your life. God is constantly at work maneuvering and moving things around for your good, working all things together, bringing you to a place of breakthrough, of wholeness, of restoration. But are you preparing yourself to receive it? Consecrate yourself so that you are ready to receive all that God has for you. If you want to live in your promised land, you are going to have to walk through some uncertain times. But God will lead you to conquer the things that you need to face. Jericho was a city that the people had to face before they could go and cross the Jordan and go into the promised land. But God had the answer for that. The Jordan River was something that they had to cross but God directed them how to move forward. God is the one who does amazing things, but do we look to him for the answers and for the direction of how to move forward? And when God does something miraculous in your life, do not allow yourself to forget what has taken place or to simply move on without making note of it. Because when God does something powerful, we're supposed to remember it. We're supposed to take note of it. We are supposed to remember it and tell others about it. Would you continue reading with me in Joshua chapter 4 as our story continues? When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, 
from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and put them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodged tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the, Lord, the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Verse 8, And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. For the priest bearing the Ark of, stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people. According to all that Moses had commanded Joshua, the people passed over in haste. And when the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priest passed over before the people. Verse 21, And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall, then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. God did not want the people to just move on in haste. He instructed that they set up a memorial, that they tell their children in future generations what had taken place. Twelve men, one from each tribe, the tribes of Israel were to retrieve a giant stone from where the priests had stood. And they were not to come from the shores of the Jordan, but from the center of the river as a reminder that they had crossed over onto dry land. To serve as a reminder, as a perpetual sign to everyone of God's power, of God's breakthrough, of God's providence and love to his people. And Joshua piled them up at, in Gilgal when the Israelites set up camp. And he told them to tell their children that they would commemorate it, that it would become something that was a part of their life, that it would remind them of what God had done. Much like we go on trips and we collect souvenirs and we put a magnet on the fridge or we get a, a Christmas ornament to hang on the Christmas tree. Or maybe we take a postcard and we mail it to a loved one. Or a sweatshirt that we remember our favorite place that we've been to. We need to create reminders, monuments, memorials of the greatness of God in our lives. Just like we remember the greatest trip or our greatest college football team or the greatest time we've ever had through pictures we need to be people that embrace creating monuments and memorials that remind us of the greatness of God. 
What has God done in your life? Write it down. Share a testimony. Attribute it to a Bible verse and print it out and put it somewhere in your house, in your car. Tell the story to your children over Thanksgiving this week. Find a way to constantly talk about the greatness of God and the things that he has done in your life. God is faithful. His promises never fail. And we need personal, constant reminders that God is powerful and working on our behalf. See, we need to be people who build a legacy of faith. Throughout the Bible, we see God instructing the people to create monuments or reminders or traditions that cause them to remember God's greatness. <laughs> At Bethel, Jacob had a dream, and then he set up a memorial stone to remember what had taken place. <laughs> Do you recall Ebenezer, the stone of help? Samuel had a large stone, and he named Ebenezer, meaning the stone of help, to remember the victory that God did for Israel. Think of the Passover. As the Israelites left Egypt, and the angel of death passed over, creating the Passover celebration. Israelites and Jews still today celebrate the Passover as a reminder that God passed over, that God loves them. Even in communion, Jesus began the celebration of what he had, would, was about to do, saying, eat of this bread and drink of this juice and do this in remembrance of me, of what I am about to do. In your life, do you have reminders that remind you of when God broke through in your life? Of when you saw God miraculously, irrevocably, undeniably <laughs> change and impact you in a way that you know that God was there? Remember that. Just like you wear a sweatshirt from your favorite trip, you need to find a way to remember what God has done in your life. Because the core of our character should reflect the unwavering, steadfast constant of God. God is faithful in all things. God is constant. God is omnipotent. See, one attribute alone does not define godly character. We have been looking for the past 10 weeks at who God is and how we can have some of these characteristics. But we cannot just have one characteristic. I cannot just simply have gentleness. I need to incorporate all of who I see God to be in my life. But I need to remember that in the day in and day out, in the practical of what God has already done. The pursuit of living a life that reflects God's love should mimic his steadfastness. Mimic a steadfastness that says, I will follow after Jesus. I will daily pick up my cross, deny myself, and follow after him. See, God is immovable. God is constant. God is unwavering. So the attribute that we can choose to learn is to be unwavering and immovable, consistent in our faith. Let nothing shake you, but be someone who clings to the power and the presence of who God is. Be unwavering. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The things that God is doing in your life, while sometimes we don't see him at work, even those valleys are creating character in us. And when we trust God in those difficult moments, we are allowing ourselves to be consecrated, living in a way that honors him. So will we consecrate ourselves, living in a way that honors God? Immovably founded and firmly secure to the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because God will part the Jordan River for you at the appointed time in your life. God will bring breakthrough for you when the time that he has decided for you is right. But are you praying for it and seeking for it? God will move. God wants to do the miraculous. We, in response, need to prepare ourselves to be consecrated, to press into him, to be faithful, to be immovable and obedient. And then when we see God move, create monuments, create reminders, create things that we can talk about, that we don't just let the miraculous pass us by, that we don't simply celebrate and move on to the next thing, that we reflect and find a way to remember what God has done so we can share that with future generations. Because it's not about looking back and saying, ha-ha, look what God did. But it's about leaving a legacy and training the next generation. You know, you can put your trust in God because here's a roadmap. I have seen God do this. I have seen God part the Jordan River. Here's a rock from the center. I have seen God do this in my family. Here's a, a picture that ex explains it. Are we people who press in and build remembrances of what God does? Write down the things that God is doing in your life. Consecrate yourself for him and find ways to commemorate the victories that he is doing in undeniable, unwavering ways. Would you bow your head with me as I pray? God, I thank you that you are a God who is constant. As we hear your call to consecrate ourselves, to prepare for the breakthrough that you have for us, Help us to be people who wait patiently for your timing. May we bring all of ourselves holy and acceptable to you as living sacrifices. Purge out anything that is not reflect your character. May your attributes remain in our lives. That we can be people who honor you in all things. That reflect you to our community around us and are able to identify the things that you have powerfully broken through in the miraculous ways, and to create remembrances that we can share in testimonies, in victories, in stories, in celebrations with those around us, that you are glorified in all things. God, we look to you. Teach us how to be unwavering and consistent as we walk with you in all things. Amen.